This is the Brattlecast, the podcast that's really all about books, reading, writing, the people who write them, the people who read them, and uh, the value that we find in books, rare, old, out of print, and uh, unusual. Today, Ken Gloss is with me, of course, and uh, something a little off the beaten path. I might say, bartender, what's your poison? And you have an answer for me today. Yes, I, I have a book, um, and here's the title, Directions on the Treatment of Persons who have taken poison oh, and those in a state of apparent death, together with poisons in alterations of wine. But <laughs> Well, first of all— And it's in the early 1800s. I was just going to ask the date. It looked like yeah. an old book. Yeah, it's, okay. it's the um, first American edition— uh, done in 1819 in uh, Baltimore. I don't believe they called it slipping somebody a Mickey at that point, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I think they were getting it. That they were getting too. it. So, what's the backstory on this book? It looks fascinating. Uh, well, it, it's it's a book that just came in with a collection. I don't know whether it was someone gave it to a doctor or maybe a criminologist or maybe they said, you know, you, you're not too happy with that person. Read this one. So these are mainly antidotes to poisons? Uh, it's mainly antidotes, but what, for instance, uh, it tells you uh, properties of the nitrates of silver. Oh, uh, yes. In, in mercury, it tells you the effects. Mm-hmm. Um, you've rendered by many as poisonous. It tells you how you start getting very sick. Uh, liver of sulfur, it tells you how it affects your liver. And then it tells you the treatment. And uh, I don't think uh, two spoonfuls of vinegar help. <laughs> That'll cure uh, anything. <laughs> lem- lemon juice uh, Also helps. a good cure. Yeah, and uh, in a glass full of water, and let several of those doses be taken. <laughs> I don't know how that happens. Who's the, uh, the creator of this project? Who's uh, the writer? Let's see what the name of the author is. It's by um, Ophila, M. Period, P pillar, period, or filler, O R E F I L A, translated by H. H. Black, surgeon. Uh, oh, but, okay. But it's just, you know, you read through, and, and, uh, and of course, it's telling you how to treat and how to um, effects of poisonous fish. Uh, it, and of course, of course, the first thing that it makes that comes to mind, it tells you how to treat it, tells you the effects. But it also might be a uh, a cookbook. I was going to say a, a primer for murderers, uh, and, and, giving you all the ingredients to the yeah, poison cocktails. Yeah, and I'm sure that then I I didn't find the section. I was looking for it er, earlier, uh, but um, I'm sure it's in here somewhere on arsenic, uh, because we were talking that one of my favorite uh, movies was Arsenic and Old Lace. Oh yes, yes, and. Uh, you know, or you read. I remember the uh, Claudius series that was on TV, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember. Uh, I think her name was uh, Lit- Livia. Told her son, "Don't eat the figs because she had poisoned <laughs> every fig on a tree." But it's fascinating to read through. Now, it's not only fascinating from a how to do it phase, but also how to treat. And and you realize, like that uh, treatment I gave. You know, put. S- some uh, lemon juice and so on that, boy, if you got poisoned by any of these things in that time, uh, good luck. This is uh, pretty much like going to the Google and finding out how do you 
cure poison ivy in a sense. But it, this was the standard of the day. This, this was one of the standards right. of the day. And, of course, if you were a doctor, uh, you know, almost anything that you ran into could be poisonous. And, and even uh, a lot of herbs, medicines, uh, I know they have scorpions in there, oh, bugs and so on. And, <clears throat> and what you also have to realize about that time was nowadays if you get a little cut— you're probably fine. Maybe you put some uh, antiseptic on it or so on. But at that time, even a little antiseptic you didn't have in a tiny scratch or cut could be deadly. Could be deadly. Absolutely. I'm looking at uh, the table of contents. Of the wasp, bee, gnat, hornet, gadfly, tarantula, spider, etc., uh, animals give rise to poisonous symptoms. I mean, this is – if you were allergic to the bee sting and you wanted to – uh, anaphylactic shock. You're you're cooked. Your goose you, is cooked. Basically cooked. But it, I'm sure it also is telling you if you get stung by the bee, you know what you do to ease the pain and ease soothe the pain. The pain right. And uh, yeah, and, and most of the uh, cures, if you will, were just natural ingredients hanging around the house. I'm looking. What, at this. what else did they have? They but, didn't have anything. Right. But it, but it sure tells you what what the poisons are. So, Mr. Holmes, uh, you would want to know about these so that when you investigate the scene of a crime, you would know how the person was done away with. Exactly. And, and, and I'm, who knows? Maybe uh, Arthur Conan Doyle read this book. Well, I was going to say, it's a, it, in a way, it would be a good reference to somebody who's writing a historical fiction piece about the, the era. Yeah, and it tells you the effects of the poison and how they wear off and how they don't. But it's more almost saying... I bought a collection of books. There was an average, normal collection. There wasn't, and there were a couple of old books in it. And all of, now, I, I sometimes wonder where this person got the book. They weren't a doctor. They weren't in medical. Well, I noticed the inscription. Uh, this says 1912. There's somebody... yeah, that was to 1912, which is about a hundred years after the book was published. Right. Probably, you know, someone just wrote their name in it. Now, maybe a doctor had it, maybe a dentist, maybe uh, who knows. But the person who I bought it from in a collection, you know, there was no other. There wasn't, there wasn't a whole shelf of books on poisons. And, uh, <laughs> but it makes you realize every time you look at something, you look at a book, you look, there's something interesting there. It's fun. Again, I, I keep coming back to the history comes alive. You can or dead in this case. Or dead in this case. You find out how and why people were thinking the way they did and knowing what we know today, how they couldn't have thought of anything else. I mean, it's not as though they were missing the ball. I mean, there was no scientific development at that point right. that would have given them more. But yet they figured out ways to make life a little more bearable. Uh, wines adulterated by laud, lead. Wines adulterated by lead. So I guess wines maybe if, if the uh, when they process them or so on a lot of lead maybe they use lead containers right uh, sugar of lead uh, so that's a big problem oh and it talks about the difference between white wines and red wines and I wonder if the lead made them taste better I, even though it might have. Um, the fact that they they knew that there was a connection between ill health and some of these pro- properties. <laughs> 
After probably a few people drank and keeled over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like the uh, the old water in the town square until somebody figured out it was killing people left and right. But, you know, when that's talking, though, like something like wines or foods, or uh, you realize that having a book like this could be quite valuable, too, because if you're made aware that when you make wine like this, lead gets into the wine and you'll start to see these symptoms— Hopefully, the winemaker would say, ah, yes, I've got to do you, something. You're killing about your customers. <laughs> exactly. But that's sort of the variety of things that yeah. I deal with day yeah. to day every time. And and uh, it's and then, like I say, then you wonder about Sherlock Holmes. Uh, you worry about, uh, think about uh, movies. You I think, worry about Professor Moriarty in this case because there's a whole book full of well, exactly, but possibilities. Exactly, and <laughs> and and you just sort of have fun with it, and and then you know, quite honestly, uh, I recently saw a uh, a Nova show just on poisonous um, marine animals, mm-hmm. and they were explaining that on some of these poisons, if you get them down, filter them out, use them properly, they can be anecdotes. To a lot of other diseases, antidote, antidotes, antidotes. Yes, you're telling anecdotes. Just so yes, you know. uh, yes. <laughs> I often make that mistake myself. By the way, I've interviewed many, many authors, including uh, current day authors, and some of whom have told me, you know, there's only so much you can look up on the internet, really. Yeah. And sometimes a, a book like that would be such a treasure to somebody who's writing, let's say Caleb Carr, who's writing in the 1850s or 60s yeah. motif. So you, you, that's another reason why people in the writing field should get in touch with you if they need some help. Well, absolutely. Or if if someone is a scientist, and you know, many times some of the great scientific discoveries um, with medicines and so on are because someone read, oh, they used this herb back in the fifteen hundreds or fourteen hundreds, and then they do a little of, okay, well, why would you uh, use that? Why would that? Be, and then they start studying it. I mean, even things like, you know, you keep uh, vampires away by wearing garlic. Yes. Well, garlic, if you eat a lot of garlic, supposedly that helps with colds and sickness. Oh, it helps with our, your arterial system, everything. Right. So wearing garlic to keep the vampire away was a way of saying garlic was a curative and, and, and kept the fear. So reading the old books many times can lead to new discoveries. How about a glass of apple cider vinegar to wash it all down? Well, I'll have the wine first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we poison the mind with good things, a drug that's difficult to wean yourself off of, and that's the love of books. In almost any subject you can think of, there's something to talk about. Which is why you keep showing up on Jeopardy as the subject <laughs> matter of questions. It, it's At been, least once. It's been, it's been once, uh, but uh, we're, we're looking for the next one. <laughs> okay. He's Ken Gloss. I'm Jordan Rich. You've been listening to the Brattlecast. Always, always something interesting. As much fun as I have, uh, we know a lot of listeners around the world are having as much fun, too. So, Ken, thank you. We'll catch you next time. I will be ready with more things. <laughs> 